with a different taker That's what makes our show great It's Sports Week Podcast It's Sports Week Podcast Good everyone, thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Sports Week Podcast Show Massive show for you this week. Joining me to go through it all is a couple of our regular panellists. To my left, old mate Nilo's here again. How are you going tonight, mate? Not too bad there, Liam. A bit worn out from a big, big weekend of AFL, but uh, getting Plenty going on. Plenty going on in the world of AFL, so we're looking forward to getting through all of that. Uh, we've got old mate Var here. Oh, sorry, Daniel, I mean. <laughs> Daniel's here. How are you going, mate? Affectionately known as Var. Yes, doing well. well uh, thank you, Liam. How about you? Going well. Have you got some uh, comments for us tonight on the old uh, video review system with the Josh Jenkins point? <laughs> You'll have to wait and see, Lee. Nice, nice. And also here tonight, uh, back joining us, is the man, Nilo, who did tip us into the $8 to get on France to win the World Cup in our World Cup preview show. Mm-hmm. So we've brought him back tonight because we are doing our EPL preview show tonight. And it's uh, Mario. Welcome back, mate. How are you going? Thanks, Lee. I'm, I'm well, mate. How are you? Going well, going well. you got some winners for us tonight again? I might do in the um, EPL preview, and I mean, oh, look, the AFL I think is a foregone conclusion, but mm-hmm. we can maybe see if we can sneak some bets in nice. for the eight. Who looking knows? good, looking good. So plenty on the agenda tonight, fellas. Um, on the show tonight, we have the return of our local legend segment, installment number four. Um, Can't wait. S- yep, as I said, we've got our EPL uh, preview of the season. Um, and to borrow a phrase from uh, old mate Eddie Maguire, Daniel, it's been a big week in football. It has indeed. <laughs> it definitely has. So there's plenty to get through in the water cooler uh, this week. So it's going to be a big show, so we should crack into it. And to keep Kick off, as always, we have everyone's favourite segment, Nilo, Sinners and Winners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to chuck the new ball to old mate Daniel tonight. Daniel, take us away. Thank you very much, sir. Um, I'm going to start with my winner this week, and uh, it's uh, actually for just being a genuine top bloke. Uh, we've actually been blessed with a couple of really, really intelligent and compassionate goalkeepers right. uh, in world football, one mm-hmm. of which is Ika Casillas. Now, I'm going to actually make him my winner this week because of the fact that he continues to defend his, uh, well, somewhat of a colleague in terms of Loris Carius. Now, specifically because of the fact that Carius has been under the pump since that Champions League final when, uh, well, you could say that his uh, errors actually cost Liverpool the Champions League final mm-hmm. to an extent. Now, Ika Casillas has actually come out and uh, continued to defend him by actually sharing a video of some of his goalkeeping errors. Wow. Just to show the human side of everything, to show that everyone does make mistakes. And uh, look, at this point in time, if anyone needs that little bit of compassion from one of the world's best, uh, it's Loris Carrier. So, Ika Casillas, you are my winner of the week this week. Very nicely done. Did uh, Barry Hall send a similar video to Andrew Guff saying you all make mistakes? <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to that later anyway. (laughs) We'll get to that one, but it would probably be nice of uh, Mr. Hall if you were to share share that uh, footage. On to my sinner this week, and uh, I'm actually going to be sinnering the grouchy, over-the-hill, annoying Jose Mourinho. I am so, so sick of this man's nonsense. He is... Miserable. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, he, he's, uh, just, he just continues. Uh, and look, during uh, the main reason I'm actually going to sinner him is during his uh, pre-season friendlies. 
uh, some of the comments that he's actually made. So just to actually bring it all into context, of course, two of the other two massive managers over in the English Premier League are Pep Guardiola and uh, Jurgen Klopp. Mm-hmm. Now, the way that they actually, uh, well, finished off their pre-season campaigns, Guardiola came out and said, I've enjoyed two weeks with these guys. I want to say thank you to them. Jurgen Klopp came out and said, all the young boys are in good shape. What a preseason they played. Mourinho comes out and says, not my squad. Do you want Alexis to be happy with the players around him? So, in other words, basically saying that the rest of the squad outside of Alexis Sanchez are absolute shit. (laughs) Way to take a dig at your own players, Jose Mourinho. That is absolutely pathetic. Uh, Only recently as well, he's actually come out and said, Liverpool are buying everything and everybody. If we don't make our team better, it will be a difficult season for us. Now, we'll probably touch on this in the uh, Premier League preview. Yep. Mm -hmm. But since the summer of 2016, Jurgen Klopp has spent £114 million. That's the net spent. Net spent. <laughs> Jose Mourinho has spent £307 million. So more than twice the amount Jurgen Klopp has spent and he's still coming out making these outlandish comments. Jose Mourinho, I'm sick of you and you are my sinner of the week. Wow. Off the long run. Just quickly, do you know that Mourinho has spent during his career of management over a billion pounds on players. Wow. You wouldn't think it with the way One that he carries billion. on. Yeah, he's incredible. Out of control and uh, I don't know what's going to happen to him once he's finished with Manchester United. I, I can't see him managing another big club after this to be honest. Uh, that's it. I'm going to throw it over to you, Mario. Thanks, Daniel. Very insightful on some cracking uh, sinners and winners there. I'm going to keep mine short I guess to an extent. So my first one is going to be a sinner. Mm-hmm. And we're going to kind of um, go into the AFLW area here because um, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of controversy here with the AFL AFLW introducing North Melbourne and Geelong. So there will be 10 teams. Two more teams this year, yep. yep instead yep. of the traditional eight. Mm-hmm. Now, instead of seven home and away games and one final, there would be six home and away games and two weeks of finals. Mm-hmm. Okay, What will happen there is there'll be a shortening of an already really short season for multiple teams. Right. Okay. Some of the players have hinted this feels like tokenism, and I actually, I actually do agree. It does feel like tokenism because mm-hmm. I think what's happened is the actual um, league has tried to elevate this, and now it's kind of almost turning it into a little bit of a, sadly, not a piss take, but it's going to actually dilute the talent pool a lot of a talent pool that was already quite diluted because mm-hmm. the numbers aren't there. So basically, we're only two years into a new competition, and we need to give it the support it needs. I don't think it's ready for expansion. The head of women's football says that they're still working through it. Also, it was originally eight teams that, it, again, the talent pool wasn't um, diluted. But, you know, I think that's my sin of, of the week because the AFL actually should take stock of what it has in an amazing competition and rather than try and, you know, turn it into tokenism or start bastardizing it after its third season. <laughs> Second. Second, I think. Now, I'm not sure if you had a look at the rundown, Mario, but that is coming up in the water cooler, that very topic. <laughs> we'll so, expand uh, on that one. We won't give our thoughts on that, us three, until uh, we get to that. We'll but, stay uh, mute. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. And my winner of the week is a gentleman by the name of Don Lemon. Now, Don Lemon was the yes. journalist who interviewed LeBron yes. James about, oh, Le- yep. ah, right, about right. the king opening up his school. And That's an amazing thing you did, by the way, isn't LeBron, it? isn't it? That's fantastic. Um, for those who don't know, I think it's, what is it, free education for a whole school wow. in his local city of Akron. Amazing. Wow. That's amazing. Quality work. An entire yeah. quality school. So, 
you know, to accomplish something like that is quite incredible. Awesome. And to give that charity. And he actually said that's his biggest accomplishment yeah. in his career. Yep. For sure, yeah. Um, and then one, Mr. Trump came out and basically mm-hmm. said that Don Lemon, who he thought was stupid, made LeBron James look intelligent because... I've got the tweet here if you want me to read it out. Can you please, Liam? This was from Donald J. Trump, official account, Nilo. Okay. LeBron James was just interviewed by the dumbest man on television, Don Lemon. He made LeBron look smart, which isn't easy to do. And he finished it with saying, I like Mike. Yeah. So I think Donald may have even weighed into our who's the goat debate there at the end. <laughs> he's a Jordan fan. But yeah, the week after he's just opened a school for the president to say Correct. that's pathetic. I'd agree with that. And the reason why Don Lemon is my winner... Because he's tweeted, who's the real dummy? A man who puts kids in classrooms or one who puts kids in cages? Wow. Thank you, Don Lemon. The man who actually sees the reality behind a real, real winner in LeBron for what he's done. Well said. And Don Lemon, congratulations. You're my winner for the week. Well said. Very nice. Who are you throwing over to, Maria? You've got two uh, options. I'm going to Liam. Thank you, Mario. They're always interesting. <laughs> well, this might interest you. I'll start off with my uh, winner of the week. I've actually got two. Uh, now, the first one, this will definitely surprise a couple of you in this room, probably all of you. <laughs> Here we go. My winner of the week, I'm actually going to give to the Hawthorne Football Club, Yeah. <laughs> believe it or not. Now, Lee Matthews had that famous saying, Mario, what was it? If it bleeds, you can kill it. Yes. I just don't think you can kill the Hawthorne Football Club. Yeah, yeah. It's just no, like zombies that come back from the dead. Every time you think they're ready to fall off the perch and they're going to have a few you know, lean years, they keep coming back. I think everyone probably thought when they got rid of Hodge, Mitchell, uh, Lewis. Lewis, to name a few, that they'd probably have a few down years. But they are still an absolute force. Oh. Um, you know, too good for our mob the other day. Good luck to them. They, they were the better side on the day and won. And every time I just think Hawthorne are going to fall away, they keep coming back. Watching them the other day up close, you've got Bruce Gunston. They've still got a few good years. Oh. To, to get rid of those three old blokes and turn it into Mitchell and um, O'Meara, yep. who are going to be two gun midfielders for the next 10 years. Yeah. yeah. It's just a masterstroke from Clarkson, in my opinion. He's one of the best coaches in any sport I've seen in my life. The way he keeps wow. turning that list over to keep them so, you know, that premiership window. Relevant. Yeah. yeah. Keep them relevant. And I just think they're an amazing club. I don't like them at all, no. but they're an amazing club. So, well done to Hawthorne. I'll tell you what, Liam. Yep. I'm, speaking of old blokes, I'm an old bloke. <laughs> I've seen this repeated yeah. 80s, 90s, 2000s, thousands and so on. So on. And it'll keep happening for <laughs> sure. Because exactly. I agree with you. This this club, the way it's got its act together since that proposed Melbourne merger yeah. is, yeah. is mm. truly incredible. Just Just incredibly that. well-run club. And like yeah, you said, well my, said, my dislike for them is quite real. Yeah. But you have to pay respect. There's respect. There's yeah. a healthy respect. They're a great club. Now, my second winner. Sorry, Neil. I was going to say, and not only that, uh, just to almost sinner myself, I remember in the pre-season preview, I said that coach under pressure was? Clarko. Allison. <laughs> yeah. Allison Clarkson. <laughs> That's good stuff for staying on. You the only yeah. one to come back to bite there. I think we had a few. Uh, I had West Coast to be my slider for this year. And they're going to finish <laughs> second. So, nevertheless. But my second winner of the week, boys, and I think this was one of the best good news stories I've seen in sport in quite a long time, and that was Alex Johnson making his return to the Sydney Swans yes, yeah. after six years out. Uh, 2,136 days since his last AFL sure. game. Wow. Five knee reconstructions in a row, uh, 12 knee operations, uh, one recurring knee infection that lasted three years, oh my plus gosh. groin surgery. 
So to come back it's after incredible. all that, um, to get back out on, on the park and play senior football, right. and they got a win for him too. I thought it was an awesome, uh, awesome scenes there. So well done to him, and Not also the, as well the bloke from St Kilda who played his first game after about five years, Freeman, uh, oh, as well, that's right. originally from Collingwood. So two blokes who had massive, you know, persistence to stick at it. Mm. Uh, well deserved winners there. Now. To the negative side of things, and my sinner, um, I'm actually making my sinner of the week uh, the West Coast Eagles crowd. Oh, yes. okay. yep. This is a club that not only in the past has mercifully booed Adam Goods, you know, an Australian of the year, mm-hmm. they're also the only club supporters that I can remember that destroyed Joe Watson from booing him nonstop. Yep. Uh, they also religiously cheered Ben Cousins when he came back after that first game after he finally decided to put down his crack pipe and play footy again. (laughs) They gave him a standing ovation. But even worse than that, I think when the other day, we all know what happened, obviously, when one of their players is king hit an 18-year-old behind the play Mm. to then give Gaff a standing ovation when he come off the ground to the bench. In any, I cannot fathom why they would think that's the right thing to do. 50,000 people standing cheering off Andrew Gaff or there's an eight-year-old kid in an ambulance with his jaw wide and four teeth missing. You know, I just think that was pathetic from the West Coast fans. Uh, 100%. Absolutely look, shit ass. It's a club that's had a shit culture and it's inbred yeah. in their fans and they're actually, actually shit fans. Yeah, it's probably mm. a fair and call. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll call it how it is. I mean, people love to have a crack at Collingwood. People love to have a crack at Richmond, Carlton, Essendon, mm. Port. But you're right, Liam. I think the, they're the, the worst fans. The, the West Coast fans oh, yeah. are, are, are truly putrid in terms of their wow, lack of hey. understanding circumstances mm. and and having empathy for any situations other than ones that'll suit their own agendas. I can't even mm. imagine any Melbourne club if one of their players kinged someone that they'd cheer them off. No, I just can't imagine. No, 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 it wouldn't happen. It, it's a weird culture over there, but yeah, definite definite sinner there. Hello to all our West Coast listeners. <laughs> yeah, hello to them Allowed. indeed. But uh, over to you, Nella, to bring us home here. All right, no dramas. Uh, so I'm going to start off on a negative note, and I'm going to go with my sinner. And mm-hmm. my sinner this week is none other than Cam Rayner. What on earth was he thinking? Yes. Now, Cam Rayner is a Brisbane player, and uh, he ha- he marked the ball with about 30 seconds to go mm-hmm. to beat North. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was lining up from goal 35 out, probably a 45-degree angle. And after seeing Essendon just lose, there was just a glimmer of hope because we <laughs> yeah. needed North to lose. And I was like, oh, thank God. You know, at least North will lose, and then, you know, we might what be... He went for the banana from twenty from thirty five out forty five degree angle. What on <laughs> earth is he thinking? Like seriously, mate, get your head together and uh, do, learn how to drop punt from thirty five meters out. Even I could have made that <laughs> kick, and I'm absolutely shite. But uh, now that is absolutely disgraceful. And uh, there was a few people who missed missed uh, big opportunities in the last moments, wasn't there? This week, I tell you, there was a few. Gary Ablett, yeah, unfortunately, and uh, Goddard messed up. But anyway, we'll talk about that later on. <laughs> Jeez, everyone loves having a pop at BJ. Oh, yeah, it had to happen. <laughs> it had to oh, happen. well, I mean, you know. It's, Tell us you're I, I still do. <laughs> anyway, regardless, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, my winner of the week is SEN, and thanks to Liam who put me on to this one. Yesterday, they ran a day called Jared Lyle Day, and basically what stars donated their time, like, say, Shane Warne uh, donated uh, bowling uh, in, in the nets at the MCG. A uh, few people, you know, a few other sports stars came out, 
and that all the money that was and everyone was just donated and all the money that was raised went to Jared Lyle's kids. Um, and for those who don't know, Jared Lyle is an Australian golfer who unfortunately has ceased treatment from his cancer treatment after it's come back for a third time and he just wants to spend time with his family. Uh, unfortunately, in palliative care, which is very, very, very sad. And, you know, we wish him and his family all the best. I mean, don't know what you can sort of say in this sort of a time. But, um, but, but look, at least they, How much did they, raise? they ended up raising over $180,000. Awesome. And, yeah, you know, to great. give to his yeah. wife and kids. And, look, you know, that'll set him up, obviously, hopefully, to, to help him out. I mean, look, he is a golf professional golfer. Hopefully, he'd have a little bit behind him. But, look, I couldn't see that, you know, 180000 wouldn't go to, to good use. And so, oh, very, very. Yeah. Uh, generous of everyone who donated. And a worthy winner as well, Neil. Absolutely. And, and SEN who actually put it on. And also, we should tweet the link later on, and we'll probably share it on our Facebook later on. You can still donate until Friday. We will. Um, you know that they are, um, even if you just want to give five bucks, ten bucks, that'd we be fantastic. Yep. We definitely will. Very nice work there, Neil. Uh, now, we'll crack into the agenda then for tonight, fellas. And uh, I think we'll start with the AFL water cooler. There's a lot bubbling away in there uh, tonight, Nilo. So we'll get stuck into that. Uh, We've got a few topics to get through here in the water cooler, so we'll kick it off. Now, the first one, this is in relation to the Andrew Gaff incident that we've kind of touched on so far already. Now, the question that we're posing to the panel here tonight is, considering they're up by 10 goals, West Coast, should Adam Simpson have removed Andrew Gaff from the game uh, in the last quarter? Now, Nilo, I know you had some strong views on this the other night when it actually happened live. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to kick off first there with your thoughts on that? Sure, and I definitely think they should have. Um, not Why? only well, because one of the main reasons was for Andrew Gaff's safety, and he was just getting Please. he was getting lined up at every opportunity. Every time he got near the ball, he was getting lined up. And look, I know that obviously what he's done is inexcusable, but at the same time, um, you know, he's obviously. In in physical harms harms way, in my please. opinion, and <laughs> not strongly only, disagree there, Liam. Oh my god, tell us your thoughts. Yeah, please. tell us your thoughts, Liam. That's probably the biggest load of crap you've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> now, this is <laughs> a bloke. I don't know how old Gaff is. What twenty six, twenty seven so around that? He's played one hundred and eighty games, so yeah, he's yeah. minimum mid twenties. He's king hit an eighteen year old kid mm-hmm. behind the play. God knows how long he'll be out for. I heard today that he has to eat his food to a straw for the next month. Yeah. And you're worried about Andrew Gaff's safety. Please. He's, I mean, he's two wrongs gonna, don't he's make never a gonna, right. He's never going to get seriously injured when the fray They're going to rough him up, as he deserved. If he had a sat on the bench, Andrew Gaff, for that last quarter, in my opinion, it would have looked absolutely weak as piss. Get back out there, cop your medicine, which he did. Fair enough. He yeah. got out there. Yeah. He got roughed up. He copped, he copped a couple of decent hits from, I think yeah. it was Johnson for Fremantle, which he deserved. But, but you've got to be concerned, though, that Freo, they're not making finals. They don't care if they're going to get six-week suspension themselves. What if they go and do something similar to him? Eye for an eye. The way oh, I look at it. No, no, I can't have that. I think that's I think that's pathetic to say that he should have stayed off for the ground. Yeah. Cop your medicine, uh, which he did, and he deserved it because it was weak as piss what he did. Daniel? Yeah, look, um, I, I genuinely feel like uh, sitting on the fence, I guess. When I look at the... There's no uh, fence sitting in the water cooler, Daniel, you know that. <laughs> when I look at the way that the uh, question's constructed, uh, should Adam Simpson have removed Andrew Gaff from the game for the last quarter? Uh, if I put myself in his shoes, uh, that's Simpson's shoes, I would have actually spoken to him and said, listen, it's your call. He probably how, did, really. I how, think he how did. Do, yeah, mm-hmm. how do you feel about running back on there? They're going to be targeting you. They're going to go hell for leather 
to get redemption. Yeah, and it is eye for an eye. It's got to be that culture. Uh, that said, uh, that's the way that I would have approached it as uh, Adam Simpson. Uh, the way that I would have uh, approached it as Andrew Gaff is I would have jumped back onto that field. 100% and he had my to medicine. come back on. 100%. Absolutely. As, uh, in terms of his integrity, to sit that out then and uh, wrap yourself in cotton wool would have been absolutely yeah. pathetic in my opinion. But um, what are your thoughts on it all, Mary? I'm, I'm a little bit with Nilo on this one, actually. Right. I'm with Nilo. I mean, you know. Mine could be the second most stupid comment ever made in fourth week <laughs> podcast history, but there's nothing ventured to keep Gaff out on the ground. It, personally, there was nothing ventured. True. It was going to add to an already extremely spiteful game. The game was done and dusted. The fans were getting feral. Every, it was a hostile environment. It was a hostile atmosphere. Now, Which he mm, created, though. He did create it. And Look, I know what you're saying. In, in come out and take your medicine and and do what you I'm have. I'm not to saying do. he deserved to be knocked out as well. I'm not saying that. Yeah, but he deserved to pick out there and get roughed up. I think he deserved it, in my opinion. I think that. But if I put myself in the position of Adam Simpson, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had him come back on the ground. And I think the flaw in this entire thing, and it's probably a discussion for another time, is um, he should have been red carded. Well, I was going to bring that Let's up. Actually, that he should have been completely yeah. red carded. I mean, if you take a bloke out. And the opposition is down a man. The guy that's done it, he's got to, he's got to get yeah. recarded. He's well, got to I, go off. This is the only sport, one of very few sports in the world, that doesn't implement this rule. Yes. Because yeah. you should not have the right to continue playing Absolutely. after you've destroyed some guy and, and ended his season as well. Mm. So, mm. And that kind of, unfortunately, takes the debate out of what we're talking. No, no. It's a good one. I agree. I, I, I can't believe that there isn't a red card system. Well, that's the thing, uh, uh, Mario. I agree with you 100%. It, it, it probably shouldn't really be up to these two blokes to figure out what's yeah. happening. It should yeah, be up call. to those who actually adjudicate. Good call. And look, he is going to cop his fair whack, uh, is Andrew Gaff as well, from the tribunal. He's going to get a lengthy suspension. No doubt. Now, this is where it's down to the adjudicators. So we need real-time adjudicators to actually make a decision on these types of things. Mm. So we're discussing how Adam Simpson and how Andrew Gaff should have actually handled the situation, and we're putting it from a personal perspective. But there should be a, uh, well, again, a, a adjudicator that actually decides this for us instead of these yeah. guys or us on this podcast playing yeah. God to the situation. Absolutely, yeah. And, I mean, look, Gil McLaughlin's come out and said today that he, he wasn't in support of it at all. Um, I think he's lost the plot. Anything um, logical is not in support no, of it. No, but – and he said, oh, look, we'd only use it once or twice a year. Well, then f- – use it once or twice exactly. like, it's ridiculous what's, yeah. like, what, what's wrong with that but how you do you know? police it though well, same you, as VAR exactly I was about to say you have, well to, get, work? You have to do yeah, it, but it, 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 it anyone who listens to this podcast knows it's got a lot of issues VAR you don't have to review that gaff hit <laughs> oh exactly no, yeah, true. that's true no, that to would a not certain have to be point reviewed. that decision's made in nor say like Jeremy, Jeremy Cameron or something earlier yeah, on this year. That's you, right, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Like he should have got red carded as well. And there's probably only two been two incidents this year. But seriously, like ridiculous. Come out and use it. In my opinion. Just on furthermore to the gaff whole situation. What are your boys' thoughts on? There's been a lot of talk in the media. Some people, lawyers and so forth, saying that they wouldn't be surprised if there should be assault charges. So we think that's going a step too far? Or Before you answer that, Mario, I should say, I did hear today uh, Brayshaw's, the Fremantle kid's brother, who plays for Melbourne, come out and say that uh, he said himself he was furious yeah. on behalf of the family, saying if you did that in a nightclub or in the street, you'd be yeah. on assault charges. Yeah. So yeah. he was leaning towards that he wouldn't be against it if there was, which is a big thing for him to say. Now, I think, to be honest with you, I mean, Neville Bruns today came out and yes. said he should be out for 12 months, which yep. is... 
maybe needs to take a chill pill. It's a bit excessive. But Neville yeah. Bruns pressed the salt charges against Leeds yep. back in the 80s for that exact same thing. So mm-hmm. I 100% agree with you um, with this thing that if it did happen, if assault charges were pressed, I don't think anyone would be surprised. Yeah, no, I wouldn't so be So from all. that perspective, yeah, I guess it's up to the young Brayshaw. Yeah, the family. Yeah. The yeah. family. Now, I'm sure it probably won't happen. But yeah. You know, again, like we were saying last time, if I was Chris Goulding, I would have been you know, yeah, for sure. dropping assault charges on the Filipino basketball team. Yeah. So. Honestly, I, I feel like that was another point I was going to bring up that you know it, it, he probably won't press charges, let's be realistic. You'd be pretty, you'd I don't be, think they will. You'd no. be seen as pretty, you know, harsh to be pressing charges the same time though as the QC from uh, Adelaide sorry from uh, Western Australia came out he said he's seen people go to jail for less for, mm. for less for doing less mm. and you know it's uh, it's unbelievable really I'll tell you one other thing we did run a poll on our Twitter account last night um, for how many weeks suspension gaff should get we had a lot of response to the other uh, poll the overwhelming response was 40%. Of, we had, the, the poll had five to seven weeks, eight to ten weeks, or 11 weeks plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had 32% saying five to seven weeks, 40% saying eight to ten, yeah. and 28% saying 11 plus. It looks like the majority going for eight to ten weeks, yeah. which in my opinion I'd say is about right, I somewhere around eight to right, ten. Yeah. I think it was a little bit worse than the Staker versus Hall, um, just because it wasn't as provoked and, you know, but but at the same time, so yeah, eight to ten I, you, I think eight to ten, yeah. Mario? Eight to ten, but very quickly, the, the, mm-hmm. the shit thing behind all this, right, you got guys that are throwing jumper punches week in, week out. And get away with it. And yeah. get away for the copper pissy fine, right? Mm. Yeah. Now, jumper punch does lead to broken jaws eventually. Oh, that's true. You get away with it. And I've heard things going, well, you know, he tried to hit him in the chest. <laughs> he obviously missed. Why is he trying to hit well, him in yeah. the chest? Why is he trying to punch him in the chest? Yeah. They have to stamp this thuggery out. Like, I know everyone who watches AFL loves a bit of biff and a bit of push and, mm. you know, all that old school stuff, but the thuggery's got to go and it's got to start at the start where you can't throw jumper punches. You know, they give mm. a thousand buck fine or whatever. Fair enough, but you've got to eliminate it. I was having a chat to my wife as well about this particular issue and she was saying, you know, in this age where we've got, you know, one punch people, unfortunately, on the street getting passed away. I mean, you know, it wouldn't take too much. I mean, we all saw what happened, unfortunately, with Phil Hughes. It wouldn't take too much for if he had have connected in the wrong area for yeah. even something further Correct. could to have happened. And Thank God he's okay. Well, well he's, not, exactly. he's well, not okay. Terrible. We shouldn't say he's yeah. okay. But thank God it wasn't worse than what yeah, it could Yeah, exactly, have been. exactly. Absolutely. And the other thing is, I mean, do you think in this instance, I mean, obviously horrific injury and what have you, some of the other punches that, that they do late just because they hit the wrong areas or might, you know, just miss a face or something, should damage really come into it? Like, in, in terms of, I, I don't know if it should have. Because if he had, a, say, fresh aired him or, you know, just got him in the shoulder or something like that, you know, we'd, we'd just be like, oh, it well. It always does. But, but I mean, I'm, what I'm saying is, I, I, I don't know, if you're going to stamp it out, like he didn't mean to hit him in the mouth. He didn't mean to break How his jaw know, and stuff. How do you know? Well, I don't think so. I wouldn't think so. No one knows what it's he true. he may have You're meant right. to do. It. Right. He may not have. We don't really know. Hmm. But, but anyway, I reckon we could probably we'll leave it there on the gaff debate. We could probably talk about that for another hour. Yeah, Andrew Gaff. There's a lot going on with that. <laughs> That's but, true. Uh, he's actually we're recording this Tuesday night. He's at the tribunal tonight. I was so, going to uh, say that. Yeah. So hopefully we'll have a result by the end of the podcast. You would think. Hopefully, hopefully. But uh, we'll move on to the next item in the water cooler, boys. Now this is another very interesting one. Uh, we're going to have a chat about uh, the Gold Coast Suns now ex-captain Tom Lynch who obviously uh, last week made it clear, the first player in AFL history who 
prior to the end of the season has said, I'm leaving the club. Um, so basically, the first, this, it's a two-part question. The first part of the question is, did the Gold Coast Suns make the right call in immediately stripping him from the captaincy and basically from having any official role at the club? Uh, I might kick off with my thoughts on this one. I think 100% yes. You can't have a bloke who's not invested in the club sitting there in opposition meetings where you you know talking about the, who you're going to be playing this week. Yeah. You know what's that word they always call it? What's it called? IP. You know intellectual property. Yeah. About the mm-hmm. club when he's obviously going to be at Richmond or Collingwood or Hawthorne next year. Yeah. Um, maybe old school, but I think you're either in or you're out. He's obviously out. Definitely the right call to lose the captaincy. It would be ridiculous if he was still made the captain and, you know, obviously was going to be leaving the club. You know, I know some players have hit it very well. We always know Dangerfield hit it very well to the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Never made it public. Your man Ablett did the same thing there. I like, kept it very <laughs> – well, he did. He kept it He kept it hidden, even though it was yeah. a well-known, you know, fact that he was going to leave. Same with Franklin. This is the first bloke who's done it. Um, the second part of the question we'll, we'll touch on if it was the right thing to do in that regard – but in regards to Gold Coast Suns' response, from my perspective, 100% correct. Daniel? Agreed. I don't know why this is a topic of discussion. Mm. Um, you can just see how this conversation would have actually gone with Tom Lynch and Gold Coast. They would have said, okay, we respect uh, your decision. You're going to be yeah. leaving. Uh, I'm sure you understand we have to strip you of the captaincy effective immediately. Yeah. He would have said, yep, understand entirely. They would have shook hands and gotten on with it, whereas the media is actually discussing this like it's like it's something strange. I mean, you can't have that influence as a club captain when your, mm. your teammates know that you're about to leave within four weeks' time. Uh, in my opinion, shouldn't even be a topic of discussion. Yeah. It's definitely the right approach by the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, 100%. No, I agree. I just agree with you. And I mean, I suppose the question is then, you know, for the second half of the question, what, do you think that he should have come out and, and announced it and, you know, all kept it under his hat? Like, uh, do we want to be going down we'll that think, way? We'll, we'll, go to, well, let's get Mario's oh, sorry, thoughts yeah, on the sorry, first Mario, part yeah, yeah, go. Oh, I, I'm 100% agree. I think he... He should not only be stripped of the captaincy, but you know this club's a rabble. He <laughs> has nothing to gain for the rest of the season. I don't, I yeah. don't even know why he should be playing. Yeah, I mean, if no, he's made, not, he's not playing. That he's, he's out of the he's team. out with his knee injury anyway. But regardless, oh, well, that's so. fair. Yeah, no, yeah. stripped of captaincy. I mean, mm. you know, you've yeah. made your mind up. You've told the team, yeah, goodbye. Yep. Now the second part of the question, Neilo. Now this is probably a little bit more interesting, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, is it now time that the AFL adopts the NRL approach and openly accepts player movement to oppos- opposition clubs for future years while still in season? Um, this is very prevalent in rugby league when you hear players yep. have already signed for, like Cooper Cronk had signed, obviously, for whoever it was. Sydney year out, wasn't it? It might have been. It was definitely yeah. before the season finished. Uh, Mario, first crack at this. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> I, think it's, yeah. I think it's absolute nonsense and complete rubbish. And I think what Tom Lynch did was... I guess, you know, really almost childish and really mm-hmm. disrespectful to the Suns who have given him his career and, and to let his teammates down, and especially at a club like that. You know, if you're going to leave, make the decision at the end of the year. You know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You don't need to broadcast it to the rest of, you know, the mm-hmm. AFL world and stuff. But um, to answer your question, Liam, for me, it's no, definitely no. I mean, be a professional. No one needs to know that, you know, your best player four to six weeks out from a season or halfway through the season is not going to be next year. Yeah. There's, there's, it's. I, I personally think it's a pointless exercise, Daniel. I'm with you. Uh, it doesn't sit right uh, for me. I know that they do it in the NRL, and it's never actually sat right with me yeah. seeing it happen sure, in the yeah, NRL. It? it is, it is weird. I mean, you're cheering this bloke on, knowing full well that 
he's con- he's not your player, but he's there. But is he invested? Like, yeah, exactly. You know, look, it might not be the case with these players that don't announce it as well as to whether they're invested or not. But like Mario said, be a professional. Uh, be a professional. Go about your business and wait until the end of the season. At least you yeah. kind of owe it to the fans, I guess. Uh, and right? I think, and I think everyone knows it's a business. Sports a business, mm. you know. And and players have their right to go chase contracts, and you know, all respect to them for doing so. But yeah. I just think, like, um, like we're just saying, it, it should be done during the off season, not while there's still a team trying to potentially win a flag or make the eight or yeah, try and get last spot for da- draft picks. Yeah. Doesn't matter what situation is. Yeah, there has to be the integrity. Yeah, you know? and and the other thing is that you know, had Tom Lynch announced it halfway through the season and then had seven or eight terrible games in a yeah. row, yeah, people yeah. will be like, well, hang on, are you interested? Well, yeah. exactly. You're not going to be here next year, yeah. You know? Yeah, I'd exactly. Agree. I think he's obviously well with his rights to leave if he wants to leave yeah, yeah. and be a free agent. Good luck to him. He's a Melbourne bloke. He's not the first player to come back home. Um, but yeah, I, I, to that part of the question, I agree with you, Daniel. I think it's just extremely weird the NRL approach to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know the AFL's got its faults, but I think that that's one good, I don't know if you call it a quality or a tradition that they do keep it very mm. strict that, you know, even if mm. it is hush hush, we don't want to know publicly. Um, yep. I, I don't think any AFL fans would accept that if they'd started coming yeah, out. Of course not. It's not in AFL culture and it's, it's a good thing that it's not, in my opinion. Mm. Neela? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, I 100% agree with all, the, all of the above, really. I think it's, uh, it, you're right. You just have to question whether the player wants to be there. You know, how do, how's that dynamic when you, it's like, you know, working with a person who's already taken up another job. Like, do mm. they want to be at this job? Do they want to be at the next? job you know well, yeah. what's going on you know do they have your best interests at heart or are they thinking next year or you know it's ridiculous so yeah no definitely definitely not they should not adopt that and it should be hopefully it's a one-time thing eh? hopefully hopefully we'll keep it moving then boys now next up in the water cooler mario did touch on this in his sinners and winners he did indeed and we're going to have a <laughs> chat about afl w star daisy pierce's comments uh where she did come out and call the aflw now gimmicky was the word she used yep um, obviously, with as Mario mentioned earlier, two more teams now coming into the competition, but there will be less games per team. Uh, right call, wrong call, boys. Mario's obviously already touched on this. Uh, Nilo, do you want to kick off? One thing I will say about this is Gil McLaughlin as well. He's come out this week and he said, and, I, and I'll give a direct quote, the World Cup goes for four weeks. You wouldn't call that a Mickey Mouse tournament. What a buffoon. I, what an idiot. What an idiot. Like, He's got no Genuinely, idea. Like, I, I think that it's it's disrespectful to shorten it. I think, if anything, it should go for longer and you know maybe carry into the home and away season for the AFL. I think that the women game, you know, it is growing and it is. it was a lot better to watch last year than the year before, in my opinion. I mm-hmm. saw a few games last year and it was very entertaining and the skills are only going up, but mm. they can't keep going up if they're shortening it and, you know, uh, these girls have to play in the VFL now, unfortunately, and, you know, to actually get their skills up, which is ridiculous. I'll expand on that as well. Gil McLaughlin, if you're going to be patronising, at least get your facts straight as well, mate. The, <laughs> the World Cup's actually, it's it's the crescendo of essentially a two-year competition involving True. countless matches, qualifiers across all continents. So, the 2018 FIFA World Cup, there were 936 matches played. Uh, it started in the 12th of March 2015 and finished on the 15th of July 2018. goes for over three years, mate. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a four-week uh, competition. Yeah. Uh, I it, think it, he's it, getting off the topic, though. Like, what about the actual question, though? 
No, so in, in other Turn words... Turning just a shit can in Gilbert Clark. Well, we'll, 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 we'll take our opportunity. He's putting up stats, Liam. He's putting up stats. He's it's, putting up stats. It's, it's terrible uh, is the point that I was actually going to get to. Uh, it, it's the wrong call. It's the wrong call to shorten it uh, and bring in new teams at the same time. Uh, look, if you if you want to talk about you know bringing a diluted competition in... I'm not going to. I'm, I'm just going to quickly touch base on this. In my humble opinion, there's too mm-hmm. many AFL teams with a diluted talent pool. Mm. Now you've got a growing young sport here, and Daisy Pierce is the face and the star. She is yep. of the AFLW. So let's leave it as it is for a little while. Let it grow organically. Let's not tinker with it. Let's not introduce too many teams at once. And what Nilo said, I think, is spot on. But there was a huge push to get more teams. There was a huge uproar that there wasn't enough teams. Well, no, but let them develop when the competition's ready to accept it and why shorten but isn't that it? what why, they did why shorten the years? season though well I'll play devil's advocate just for a moment like on the other side of the coin even if they're playing one less one less game bringing in two more teams is giving how many per team in a club 30 I'm not trying to don't quote me but AFL women's club 30 plays on a list it's giving 60 more women a professional contract and wage but it's also it, playing it, one it's less also game. potentially giving six other clubs two less games to play a year if they don't make the finals. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I understand what you're saying and I understand it's going to give a wage and a professionalism and that kind of and stuff. And it's giving more, more girls a chance to play in the league Yeah, but you're well. also reducing a, se- a very, very short season already. Yeah, it's not like it goes mm-hmm. for ages. I can see where, where yeah. Daisy Pierce is saying gimmicky because it's a very short yeah, season. that's right. But I think Nilo's saying to run it into the AFL season is ridiculous. There's no way they will. Where are they going to even broadcast it? Do it as pre... As uh, curtain raisers, exactly. They do that but with the A League. Be broadcasted. I heard them say just yesterday that they're really struggling Fox to footy. get. They're really struggling to get rights for it. That people aren't putting up money for it. Don't know why. I heard that people were watching it last year. Well, that's true. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying what I heard. I'm not saying it's, it's they should or they shouldn't. But I, th- I think it's got a lot of potential. The AFLW would all agree on that. Um, but yeah, I, I think. I can see what you're saying, Murray, but I reckon bringing in two extra teams, it's giving a lot of girls more access to play the professional level. I just think that a six-game season mm. is an absolute joke, to be it's honest a with you. Take. And <laughs> I think Daisy is 100% spot on. It's an absolute gimmick because it's more or less, I think, Gil just trying to please people. This, this mm. is my humble opinion. I mean, if mm. he's serious about this competition, he'll find sponsorship for it. He'll find people to do TV rights. Mm. Yeah. He'll create a competition that, goes for 10 weeks. Why can't it go two, three weeks into the AFL season? Why can't you have the AFL W grand final before a game or at you know, the MCG or give it its own time mm. slot? Mm. Yeah, that's true. Why? It doesn't everything... For me, everything about the AFL W, unfortunately, is just... It, it doesn't sit right with me. I don't think Gil's intentions are right with this. Mm. I know he pushed it through quicker than what other people wanted, which is great. Right. So I've got to give him a bit of respect for that. But just let it go as it is and, and let the season play out for eight, even 10 weeks. And if you're going to play 10 weeks of you know regular season, then you can have the two extra teams or four extra teams. Mm. It's going to be a stronger competition and you'll, you'll get your players. You'll get more games and you'll get more television revenue. You'll get more crowds. you get more people. you get Yeah. Well, I think everything. there's more to it than that because they, they don't want to start off right in smack bang in the middle of summer playing AFL yeah. in 40 degree heat yeah yeah, yeah. and then when Nilo's saying run into AFL season where are they going to play the games and then also in the summer you've got all the cricket venue all the grounds being used for the cricket as well so true, true. Like, where are they going to play in like 
East Brunswick well, or something. Like it's years of missed curtain If it's going to be a professional comp, if they play less games, but it gets all be televised, all on Foxtel or Channel Seven, plus have fifty, sixty young women get the chance to be professional athletes. Personally, I don't think it's it's that bad a thing. Personally, I can see both sides of it. But I think they will expand the games in times to come. But to give 60 girls a professional contract, that wouldn't have the chance otherwise. So, riddle me this then. Is a six-week competition <laughs> gimmicky or not? Yes. Well, 100%. It is. What competition? You, know, you, what comp- you got no, me no. To, veer, uh, to, to tune okay, back no, into okay. the actual topic. I'm what, going to get you to do it. Like a six-week competition. Will you ask is me a question? Gimmicky do you want me to answer it or not? No, go ahead. <laughs> what, what, what sporting competition is the biggest competition in summer in Australia? Cricket. No, what competition? Oh, what? The Big Bash? The Big Bash. Yeah. Which goes for six weeks. Yeah. And they pack out the stadium every game of the whole tournament. They do pack it's it out. It's not a gimmicky tournament. It's huge. You're it's away from it. Yeah, they have that's a lot of games, as- though. Oh, my God. There's a, there's a game every three yeah, hours of that up until exactly. this year, Up until this year, they're only playing about six to eight games each. They have extended it now. But the first, how many years the Big Bash will be on? Six, now, seven years? A lot of times, they only played six to eight games aside. Okay. No, one's, no one's ever said that was gimmicky. And if you're going to compare all different uh, elements of cricket, so compare the Big Bash to Test cricket, which one comes across as gimmicky? I know, in my I'm opinion, not, not the Big Bash comes across as gimmicky. But I'm not comparing it to Test cricket. If you were, it's a hypothetical. <laughs> oh, uh, is it? If, okay. if you would uh, indulge. Uh, no, look, in, in my opinion, a six-week competition in any way, shape or form, especially a professional level, uh, is absolutely gimmicky. So I agree with uh, Daisy Pierce 100%. Unless they're doing it like the Big Bash and playing it every a game every night or, you know, keeping the fans engaged or what have you. Otherwise, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right, it is gimmicky. Neil, it sounds like you want to make it even more gimmicky. <laughs> 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 if you're worried about grounds, Liam, I mean, you've got Optus Oval. Mm-hmm. You've got Cadinia Park. Yeah. You know, you've got a couple of other high-end grounds across... Australia that aren't being used for AFL purposes mm-hmm. week in week out. So I think we'd all agree the AFLW's got a lot of potential. I'm I'm definitely not saying that. I just I'm just giving the op- opposite side of the fence, saying that giving sixty young women the chance to be professional footballers when they otherwise wouldn't and have that that money coming in for their income for the sake of some players playing one or two less games, I don't think it's such a huge deal if it, if it is only for say one season. But anyway, we'll agree to disagree. We'll see what uh, what happens. Uh, they haven't actually made a decision on it yet, I don't think, have they, Mario? Is that right? They haven't made an official decision on what will happen? I don't think so, no. But, yeah, we'll definitely uh, watch that and see what comes out there. Uh, that got a little bit heated there, boys. <laughs> but uh, next up, oh, no, Gil McLaughlin's in his question as well. Oh, man. <laughs> this should be interesting. Now, this is uh, after such a great round of football. I think we'd all agree it was a sensational round. Probably, probably about the best round of the year. Yeah, yeah. Is it time old mate Gil and his mates just leave the game alone? Uh, I might kick off with this one. I would 110% say yes. Um, it's been such a great game for how many years? 100 and God knows 50 years or something. Mm-hmm. And always all the different things and tactics that come and floods and Clarko's cluster and webs and yeah. <laughs> all these things. It always finds its way and it, it evolves. Um, I think it's just snap decision-making with these rules. It's such a great sport. Just leave it alone. It's our sport. We don't need these dickheads in suits ruining the game. Um, I think totally 100% leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, 110% leave it alone, actually. Mario? I'm with you, Liam, as well. I mean, you know, this is – there's tinkering in a lot of sports, mm-hmm. um, but not to this extent, you know. I, for me personally, I think the last few years of AFL have been extremely ordinary in terms of in play and all that. But mm. as you say, it's it's an evolution of a sport. I mean, to make goal squares bigger, to do this, to Ridiculous. do that. I think you can't 
go that drastic. And and the problem with the AFL is that there's always a rule change at every season's end. Mm. Now, you might have a sport that changes a rule once every 30 years, yep. which is fine so the sport can actually grow. But you know, to make such drastic changes, it's actually going to impact the sport and be more to its detriment, I think. So you don't the sport doesn't need it, though. Would you agree? I agree. I, I don't think it does. I think, like I said, the last however long, I mean, AFL have adopted a, almost But in saying that, though, like you're saying the last few years the game has been shit. It has so been So would some of these shit. rules clear up the congestion? That's what they're trying to do, obviously. Longer goal square, you can kick over the back line, get the ball moving through things like it's, that. 6-6-6 six, six, six rule, six defenders, so there's no congestion. I don't think it's the, it's the congestion as such. I think mm. what happens is a coach comes and revolutionise the game true. and changes an entire game plan and then it's up to the other coaches to catch up and mm. now in this final round or, or however long it seems that there's you know been an adaptive style to, to combat the Hawthorns or the Sydney congestion or something yeah. you're always going to get games that aren't as entertaining as others yeah, yeah. true yeah. Um, yeah but it definitely is a catch up period and I think just leave it you know change something here and there tweak what you have to do but it doesn't need changing like this Daniel? I'm with you 100%. Um, again, I'm just going to agree with you. Uh, I, I think over the past 20 years, all I've been hearing is uh, rule change after rule change after rule change, and it's tiresome. Uh, in my opinion, make sure that the current umpires understand the rules first <laughs> and get these Perfect. basics <laughs> right Perfect. before Perfect. you even consider Perfect. perhaps one little tinker per 10 years. Yeah. It's not required. No. If people love the game, let it run its course. How many tackles are laid on a weekly basis? Does anyone know what holding the ball is anymore? Uh, and well, I'm, true, I'm speaking it? mainly or to uh, umpires. Incorrect disposal, like put it whatever which way. We were at the game on Saturday, Liam. Mm-hmm. How many times did we see it when a, a holding the ball should have actually been paid? Yeah. Both ways. Both, both, both ways. Both ways, yeah. absolutely. Mm. And it just wasn't. Now, the, the fact of the matter is the supporters don't know either. Uh, we had a young lady in front of us that was screaming ball every time Hawthorne <laughs> laid a tackle as well. So, you know what? We, we don't know what's going on. Uh, educate the umpires. Make sure they get this right before you start confusing them and she the greater public even more. had a for a 12-year-old too, that Hawthorne, <laughs> by the way, I should say. She did. Uh, Neil, what are your thoughts? Uh, look, I think, the, I think it was the Herald Sun said it the best. Um, leave our game alone after the weekend of the closest round in history. Uh, I think it was. Five it was games under five a goal, games under yep. a goal. And one other thing, completely Until off Sunday. topic. Sorry, Neil. Yeah, that's true. well, that's true. Until Sunday, and then it, then it wears a bit of a blow. But one other thing, completely off topic. Uh, words just coming from the tribunal. If you oh, haven't oh, seen this, what have you got? Eight weeks. Yeah, eight. fair enough. Okay. And I think that's absolutely spot on. And again, our poll is uh, spot on. So eight weeks it is. Fair. There you go. There you go. Any more thoughts on that one, boys? Before we move on to the next one. Nothing. I, just very, very last last point. Mm-hmm. The game is so interpretive already as it is for the umpires. Mm-hmm. Now, as fans, sometimes we feel, you know, they're against Essendon. Or if you're a Collingwood fan, they're against Collingwood. Yeah. They've got a tough job and they do get a lot wrong. But and, and I'll go back to what Daniel said. The constant tinkering of the rules and changing interpretation from week to week to yeah. week to week. Yeah. It's the changing of interpretation, isn't it, it as well? It doesn't help anyone. You know, mm. I watch games and I've been watching yeah. this game for 35 years Don't show more. your age. Sorry, <laughs> 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's a lot of games that I actually don't understand what's happening. Mm. Yeah. So, leave it alone. Let it let it run its course. Change 
one or two little things and let it be. Probably the only one I'd say they probably should throw out, and I think they might be, is that uh, the two players having to nominate for the ruck. Oh. When you've got to throw in and the up by saying, is it you, is it you? Like, who freaking cares? Seriously. That's, that's exactly. Whoever, goes, whoever goes up just goes up. That's one I think they should change, but bar that, I'd say leave it. One thing uh, Gil said that... Would you believe it wasn't actually that bad? And he probably didn't even... I'm going to give him a whack. He probably didn't even make it up. It was probably one of his um, cronies. But he actually said that uh, basically if if you have a third man up, the team gets penalised, which actually makes sense. You don't have to nominate, but mm. if a third man comes in, Simplifies you get penalised. Yeah. penalised. Yeah. Simple. And yeah. I think that's a great rule change. I think they should do that. I like the third man up, but that's probably a topic for yeah, I don't mind it either, another, yeah. another night, but I, I like the third man up. Interesting, interesting. We'll keep it rolling, boys. Now, the next question doesn't involve Gil McLaughlin, so we'll give Gil a <laughs> breather and, and his cronies, as Nilo said, a break for five minutes. <laughs> uh, now, the next question does revolve around Chris Scott, and he made some pretty strong comments after the game the other night after they just got pipped by Richmond uh, on Friday night. Uh Basically along the lines of he doesn't think Richmond are that great a side and he basically just can't wait for his boys to play them in September and they're definitely beatable. Uh, I think he said they'll need to do a lot, lot right to win the Premiership, Richmond. Um, I might kick off with my thoughts on this one, Nilo. I would say if I was Chris Scott, last time I looked at the ladder, (laughs) you're not even in the eight. That's true. So I'm no fan of Richmond, as everyone knows, but if you're going to pot a club about how they're going when they've won 19 games in a row on the MCG and they're the reigning premiers yeah. mm-hmm. and you're not even in the eight, I'd probably worry about making sure you're in the finals before worrying about saying you're going to touch them up when you meet them in September. Yeah, yep. yeah so absolutely. I get it all. You've got to stick up for your club and you know say that you can beat them. And they probably they, they could beat them possibly. If Abler kicks that goal, they win. So obviously yeah. they could yeah. have beat them. But I think they are a little bit in poor taste, those comments, um, in my opinion. So, yeah, if I was Chris, I would just focus on making sure you're there first uh, in September. Mario? I don't mind it. I actually don't mind it. I heard him even last mm-hmm. week before. He said it. Yeah, he said it. He did. He's obviously confident that he believes he can unlock Richmond's game plan. He's mm-hmm. confident he's got an experienced team there that he can get to beat him. And he did get close. Very. Yeah. He did get close. Now, where their ladder position is versus Richmond's, very good call, Liam. I mean, wins don't lie. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, if he, he, there, there is that air of confidence about him that he believes something that he can knock him off and with that experienced team that he's got he can't put pressure on them to deliver so if they meet Richmond in the finals in the first round or whatever it is I reckon it'll be a cracking game yeah. I reckon it'll be an absolutely cracking game because you do not want to meet Geelong who obviously seem a little bit confident Nilo? Honestly, I reckon it's absolutely ridiculous to come out and say it for a multitude of reasons. The first one is the, he's coaching a team. That Shut got, up, Mario. He, he's coaching a team that got touched up by Essendon, all right? And Essendon aren't great. Let's be realistic. Number two, he's he's actually inspired Richmond, who may have been letting their guard down a little bit against Geelong. You know, they beat him twice. They might think, oh, you know, they're in easy beats or whatever. He's actually firing up Richmond for the next game. Like, why would I you agree. do that? That's mm-hmm. just absolutely ridiculous poked because bear. Geelong yeah. they've poked the bear exactly because Geelong almost had him as you said you're one kick away Gary Ablett kicks that goal they win I mean it's ridiculous to poke the bear in my opinion is there a bit of reverse psychology maybe Nilo is he Possibly. is he actually applying the torch to, to the Tigers 
Saying well, you aren't as good as you think you are. You've got a bit of work to do. Put a bit of pressure back on them. Maybe. Who knows? But I, 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 look, honestly, I, I feel like it is poking the bear and I feel like it's, uh, you know, they should, as Liam said, worry about making the eight themselves and then and then uh, focus on other things. Dan? I agree with you 100%, Neil. Um, honestly, that, that was one of the most bizarre uh, bizarre things I've ever actually heard a coach come out and put really? on the record. On the record, uh, if you're going to talk about it, say it to the guys in the change rooms. Don't come out on the yeah. record and poke the bear, as Neil has just said, for Richmond to come out and absolutely slap you guys senseless in the finals. And you know what? If they Spot do on. meet, I'll put it on the record now that Richmond will absolutely slap them in the finals. <laughs> 100%. Sorry, guys. Something I've just seen on Twitter, a little bit unrelated to that topic. Titus O'Reilly, gaff suspension is longer than the AFLW. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> nice work from old mate Titus. Man has a point. Spot on. He does. He does. So I think we're all in agreement there on the uh, – actually, no, we're no, not. No, no, Mario was out on a limb with Chris Scott saying that he was um, – It's always the guests, isn't it? It is. The yeah. guests get fiery on here, so well done, Mario. <laughs> Now, don't poke the don't, don't poke the bear. <laughs> don't poke the bear indeed. <laughs> now, last but not least in the water cooler, this is a topic dear to old mate Daniel's heart. We're going to talk about the old uh, video review system with the Josh Jenkins miss. Now, obviously, for those who didn't see it, he basically kicked the winning goal. Um, goal in quotation marks. Goal in quotation marks. It obviously got reviewed for not that long. And they awarded it a goal. Mm-hmm. And then after the game, when he got interviewed, he admitted that it hit the post. Yeah. And they only obviously beat Port Adelaide by a couple of points. Ken Hinckley was absolutely seething in his press conference. As you would <laughs> uh, be. As you would be. Now, Daniel, you're our video review expert. <laughs> uh, thoughts on this one? Well, the video review isn't the problem. It's the humans behind it uh, by the Ooh, sound of okay. things. And uh, if you're going to actually incorporate Gil? a video... <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Let's throw Gil under the bus again then. Uh, it, it obviously didn't work again. Uh, so how do we get this right is my question. Uh, it There just sees, seems to be so many teething problems, not only in the AFL, but at the same time, <laughs> dare I say VAR, uh, how do you fix it? Uh, have we got the camera angles, well, at the wrong angles? How do we do we introduce a snickometer maybe in the a AFL? Snicko. Yeah. Well, you never know. That's not actually not a bad idea, said. yeah. I heard an idea from Matthew Lloyd last night on Footy Classified, which I didn't think was that bad an idea. He said, why don't we have on the goalposts, I know you love this, Daniel, because you've made light of it before in cricket. Uh-huh. Here you go. Why don't they have like the zing bales and just when it hits the post, <laughs> it lights up. So, well, you know, well, why, not? Post. Yeah. why not? Why not? Like a bad. sensor. Yeah. They have, they have that hard uh, wobbles, though. siren in the hockey as well, don't they? Uh, or, or the light that on goes the ice off hockey, on yeah. the ice yeah. hockey. So, maybe not a, not a silly idea in itself. I watched that one a little bit, Daniel, and to be honest with you, you could have probably had another 10 extra camera angles, Yeah, it would have almost been impossible to pick up. The ball did not deviate one bit. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I was kind of like, hang on, he's just... Because when his player came to celebrate with him, mm. he actually grabbed yeah. the little fellow and he goes, he hit the post. Yeah. Oh, you're kidding. No. He yeah. thought it would get reversed to a he point. He thought it would get reversed. So, but to be honest with you, if you watch that, the ball kept its exact shape. Now, the only way and what... You said his Lloydie's probably right. Mm-hmm. If it just had a kind of like a sensor on it or something. something. Yeah. But then the other problem is, you know, how, how do you know you're not going to have some bloke with his Dustin boot, Fletcher. Dustin Fletcher. Or someone even like you <laughs> just knocks it or something. Mm. So, well, yeah. I mean, you're, gonna get, you're still going to get errors with these things. Yeah. A, exhibit A, VAR, which, which <laughs> is, you know, this, um, what's it called? Goal review systems working a million times better than yeah. VAR. Mm-hmm. It is true. Yeah. I just think that this one... I, 
it was so, so difficult mm-hmm. that, that you could have had so many extra camera angles. Nilo? Well, the AFL have come out this week and said that they reviewed it multiple times. They reviewed it from every camera angle. They did everything, and they still back the decision on the night that you cannot overrule that because there wasn't enough evidence to overrule mm. it. I think that's done and dusted, in my opinion. My biggest issue with the whole thing is Josh Jenkins coming out and saying that after the game. Why would you say that? Like, that's just stupid. Honest bloke. But, but seriously, I mean, I know I've had a personal issue with it in the past when I played uh, football. I actually needed one yellow, and this is a story for you guys. I needed one yellow so um, so I wouldn't get suspended for the finals, and I was having a week off the next week, so I decided to grab some bloke's shirt, and, mate, he lost it. He, so I got the yellow card. He lost it, and I said, oh, look, sorry, Matt, I needed a yellow. And then all of a sudden, I got taken to the tribunal <laughs> It's true story. I've got about three weeks for it or something. Ridiculous. It's unbelievable. So, I mean, why come out and say it? Now Port Adelaide have lodged an appeal and it's just You rid- do realise that they're rivals. He probably did it just to spite Port Adelaide. Well, There's that's no love true as well. You know what? If he was dead serious about this, right, mm. the only way this would have got fixed is if when they awarded the goal... He said no. He, he went and said He it. just turned around and exactly. said, no, Done the gilly. Yeah. that's not a goal. The yep. gilly. He's the only man who would do it. Is Adam Gilchrist. The great gilly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like... Like Neil, I said, why Why would you say it after the game? I mean, as honest as you are, yeah. if you want to be honest, that's true. do it in a way where the other team you're playing doesn't get penalised. Mm. Well, it's true. And now that now they're, you're basically saying, well, we cheated to win. Like, why would you come out and say that? Or well, not we cheated, but the umpires yeah, got it mean. wrong to win, you know. It's, I don't know. I don't get it. Interesting stuff, boys. I think we might leave it there for the water cooler this week. It's been a big, big segment. <laughs> Has been uh, huge. Plenty that we've gone through there, and uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty in the cooler again next week. Very true, Liam. And uh, I tell you, I've heard a rumour that uh, this week Local Legends was actually not done by Nath. It was done by yourself. Is, is that correct? That is correct, Neil. You've got good mail there. <laughs> right. Nate was indisposed this week, so uh, I went out on the road and uh, filled in for him. Where'd you take a trip to? We did have uh, our guest this week. Uh, well, let's just hit it. Let's have a listen to it. We'll tell us tell us everything. All right, no worries. Take it away. G'day, guys. It's Liam here from the Sports Week podcast. This is our local legend segment. It's not the voice of Nate, which you'd usually be hearing. He's having a week off uh, tonight, so I'm filling in. And we've got our new local legend for this week. And joining us is Damien from the Bendigo East Bowls Club. Damien, welcome, mate. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad, Liam. What's going on? Mate, good to have you on, mate. Thanks for getting in contact. We really do appreciate it. Um, just so you know, Damien, the last few weeks we've had a football club, a soccer club, a rugby club, and now a bowls club. So... Pretty much got everything. We're covering all bases, mate, so I'd right to have you on. Um, now, you're ready, mate, to be a local legend? I was, I was born ready. You are born ready, okay. Here we go. Okay, so first of all, you do play for the Bendigo East Bowls Club. Now, as far as I'm aware, your nickname of the club is the... Beasties. The club nickname is the Beasties? The club nickname is the Beasties. Now, I've got to ask, where did that come from? So, it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a different story uh, to what you would probably hear. Now, right. if, you have a look on the, if you actually have a look on the website, the logo is actually a magpie. Now, I've got it. The only assumption I can really come to is that it's Bendigo East. And kind of like a nickname would be shortened to, I guess, Beasties. And that's the only thing go. I can really think of. So you're not sponsored by the Beastie Boys or something nah, like that? Nah, no. even, even, if we, even if we might call the uh, Division 1 skippers the Beastie Boys. There you go. 
Fantastic. It's a now, good idea. I'll uh, put it to him. Put it to him. Definitely might be worth some thought there. Now, obviously, you're a young bloke yourself, Damien. What got you into playing bowls? Uh, so, my grandfather played, my dad played, my mum yep. plays. Uh, pretty much it's a family thing. I've been playing since I was... Uh, Started playing when I was 13 and I haven't really looked back since. Awesome. About a year or so off, but that's about it. Awesome. And tell us a bit about the Bendigoese Club themselves. Are they a successful club? Have they been around a long time? Or They have been around for quite a long time. Um, I think they've been around since about the late 40s, early 50s. Oh, so wow. okay. quite, a lot, quite a lot of history there. Uh, at the moment, our Division our Division 1 men's team went down in the uh, semi-finals against uh, South Bendigo, okay. who eventually lost to the Premiers by... Uh, Four shots overall, right. so it was a really tight knit game, and the uh, our Div One boys only lost by two shots in the semi final. Right, so it okay. really could have gone either way. It was an absolutely fantastic game to watch. Awesome. But over the last few years, yeah, they've won premierships here, there, and everywhere. Awesome. And is it still the season going now, or is it the off season at uh, the moment? It's off season at the moment. Um, kicks back in in uh, October. And how the boys shaping up, and girls, I should say, boys and girls shaping up for next season. Yeah, look, look. To be honest with you, uh, they're not the, they're not looking too bad. Uh, really couldn't tell you until the season starts. Cause keeping a lid on it? Keeping, keeping a lid on it. Got to keep, got to keep something top secret, surely. <laughs> very nice, mate. Very nice. Now, um, Damien, do you listen to the show? Yeah. Yeah, I do listen to the show. I actually really enjoy listening to it. Fantastic, mate. So you'd be familiar with our segment, Sinners and Winners? Yes, indeed. You would? Fantastic. So what I would like to get from you is, first of all, uh, a sinner from the club. Oh, now you're asking the question. There's a few of them. Um, <laughs> Give a couple if you want. <laughs> uh, I've got to think I can throw under the bus. Uh, I'd tell you what, I'd have, to, I'd have to throw one of the skippers under the bus. Brad Marin, okay. he's recently got himself married, and that's kind of that's the, that, that's, his, that's his fault. <laughs> but nothing worth throwing him under the bus too much for. You know, I can't really throw any of them under the bus. They're all bu- a really great bunch of blokes. Right, so old mate Brad, has he gone missing now, has he? No, nah, he's not MIA, he's still floating around. <laughs> but he's just gotten himself married, so of course we're all going to give it to him over <laughs> Very nice. Now, a winner from the club, someone who maybe deserves a shout-out for doing something good or going unmentioned that doesn't really get the credit they deserve? Yeah, I'd have to, uh, I'd have to put, the, uh, put the ex-club president out there, Tommy Lester, right. uh, recently in the uh, 5K walk from Melbourne for his daughter, Jakara, who's uh, oh. currently undergoing uh, treatment. Okay. And he's really... Raised some money? He, uh, I don't know how much he made, mm-hmm. um, but I know that he's been, doing, he's been doing it tough the last few months and he yep. really deserves a bit of a shout-out and a bit of a awesome. for that. Awesome. Fantastic winner there. Now, Damien, any other funny stories from the club or characters from the club you want to mention? It's yeah, got to be a funny story somewhere. There's from definitely that. a couple of funny <laughs> stories. Uh, a couple of years back, uh, we had a practice match against uh, Shepherd and Golf over at Shepherd, and, and right. so of course, you know, we chartered the bus and we've gone out there for the day. Yep. On the way back, uh, yeah, much much alcohol was consumed. That happened to be uh, about a week or two out from the grand final. I think the doggies were playing in. <laughs> I think it was either this one of the semis or it was the prelim. I can't remember. Right. Um, and I just remember basically getting back and we're all pretty loaded. We were having a really great time on the way back. Yeah. And Tommy and I have gone to the club. He's opened up the bar. Tommy was the president at the time. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's going in, we're going in the bar. We've opened her up. And we're just sitting there sinking tins and... Bontebelli's kicked the goal, and the first thing, the only thing you can hear, Tommy's walking out of the back, he's walking out of one of the back rooms of the club, and you just hear, Bont! As loud as you can hear, he's just about shaking the windows in the club. And I'll tell you what, there's still a story, there's a few stories I could tell, but uh, I don't reckon we've got all that much on. 
<laughs> Very nice, mate. Now, just a bit more about uh, the club itself. Do you want to give a shout-out to the sponsors? They're all good sporting, local sporting clubs. Obviously, have sponsors that keep them going. Is there a particular sponsor you want to give a shout-out to down at the club? I'll definitely give a shout-out to the All Seasons. Uh, the All Seasons Hotel in Bendigo, just on the uh, on McIver Road on your way out. Oh, yeah. Had a couple of quiet ones there yourself over the journey? You could say that. I reckon I probably <laughs> dropped about uh, close to $300 a week at the bar a few years back. Uh, not to mention what I spend on the punts, but, you know, all, all, all in As we fun. all do, yeah. But, yeah, great, a great place to go for a quiet beer and food. You know, good fun for even the whole family. Awesome, mate, awesome. And um, if anyone wants to get around the club itself, the Bendigo East Beasties Bowls Club, where can they find you guys? Uh, so you can actually look us up on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page, uh, Bendigo East Bowls club yep uh, it's just basically got you know events and things that are going on around the club we've also got a website um, don't ask me to remember that because I can't pull it off the top of my head maybe go to the Facebook stuff on maybe there. go to the Facebook page <laughs> there should be a link on there for the website and that's, that mainly contains all our events but the Facebook page is just for what's happening around the club awesome mate awesome well I think we're just about done Damien thanks a lot for coming in mate yeah no, no worries and thanks for being a local legend cheers mate no thank cheers. you thanks Liam and uh, I must admit I, I have uh, made a few trips to the All Seasons uh, down in Bendigo myself. You have? My, my extended family are from down that way, and uh, <laughs> must, I've watched a few victory games and a few Essendon games there. So, uh, good pub. absolutely, a very, very good pub. And I just want to say as well, thanks to Damien for for coming yes. on, uh, making the uh, effort, and and for yourself, thank you, Liam, for making the effort to uh, interview him. It's been fantastic. Did well. Not too bad. I'll give the reins back to Nate very soon. He, that's his uh, his baby, that segment. But, no, uh, it is his uh, baby, but you did a good job. Uh, well done, Liam. And uh, obviously, uh, for all our listeners, if you do want to get involved as well, I uh, would uh, definitely love to speak with you, regardless of what code you're in, where your club's based or whatnot. Drop us a line on any one of our social media platforms or simply send us an email at hosts at sportsweekpodcast.com. Fantastic. And uh, I think Nate's got a few in the works coming up in the next few weeks. He's uh, going out to some local sporting clubs. So uh, we're really enjoying the the feedback we've had from the segment. And uh, we've got a lot of people who are interested to uh, get their club out there and known. So uh, mm-hmm. there'll be plenty more of local legends to come in the coming weeks. But uh, once again, thanks to Damien for coming on. And good luck to the, the Beasties this summer, Mario. Hopefully they go well, the old <laughs> Beasties up there in the uh, Bendigo East Bowls Club. <laughs> But uh, we'll keep it moving then, fellas. And uh, to finish off tonight, we've got our EPL preview for the upcoming season, which starts yeah. in the next week or so, I believe, Mara. Is that right? Yeah, this this week, isn't this it? Week. This, this week. This weekend. Yeah. Right. Starting this weekend. So uh, we'll get stuck into that straight away. Now, what we're going to do is, first off, just have a look at some of the main... The main contenders are always up there in the Premier League and what the boys' thoughts are on how they will go this season. Uh, So we'll kick off with Arsenal. Now, just before I hand it over to Daniel for his thoughts first up on Arsenal, we'll just let them let the listeners know who do enjoy a bet. $26 currently to win the league, $3 to finish top four Arsenal. Um, Daniel, give us your thoughts on how Arsenal will go this season. Well, I think that Arsenal are actually going to probably battle a little bit this season in terms of keeping up with the uh, with the other five teams who I feel are definitely in contention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, when you look at their signings, it's uh, no one really actually jumps out at you in terms of who they've actually signed. So, I mean, the Arsene Wenger era is finally over and done with. Uh, they've uh, brought in Emery. Uh, now he's got the job of actually making Arsenal competitive again. So uh, I'm I'm 
forecasting. I'm tipping uh, nothing higher than sixth, unfortunately, for mm-hmm. Arsenal this season. And uh, your thoughts, Mario? Yeah, I've got him at sixth as well, mate. It's going to, I think it's going to be a bit of a transition period. I mean, you know, when you've had a guy there for so long um, with the same philosophy, I think Emery's a relatively decent and proven coach. But I think even with their signings, Dave, you know, other than probably Lucas Torreira from Sampdoria, who's mm-hmm. a class act, um, you know, the, the rest are good squad players. But they've also lost a couple of squad players. It's going to take Emery a little bit of time. So if they can scrape into the top four to be a bonus, I see them as sixth as well with you, Daniel. Um, now, I just want to have a crack at this. So they signed a player from um, Borussia Dortmund, I think central defender, Socrates Papastap. <laughs> Tapalos. Oh, mate, spit oh, it out. <laughs> I can't get it out. I've, I've, I've been looking at his name for a little while now, and I just can't get it. But um, apparently, he's actually a fairly decent um, player as well. So, yeah, I'm with Daniel. Sixth for me for Arsenal at best. Nilo. Yeah, look, uh, I hate to be an echo, but I've also got <laughs> Arsenal at sixth. Isn't uh, this how the World Cup prediction uh, went as well? We all just agreed on absolutely everything, but we did pretty well. well so exactly. So, yeah. may, may as well. Um, I think that... You know, I was listening to a couple of Arsenal supporters today discuss about the the lack of signings and also uh, how you know that they may be a hundred percent owned by an American who doesn't like to open the wallet very very soon. So <laughs> this did is do that true, today. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, uh, I think it's going to be a tough season for those boys. And uh, yeah, sixth. Six. There you go. Six all round. All right, boys. Up next, we're going to have a look at Chelsea. You're always there or thereabouts. Uh, currently, well, last season we should say they finished fifth. $13 currently to win the league, $1.67 to finish top four. Uh, Mario, do you want to kick off with Chelsea? kind of feel like they're a little bit in the same position as um, Arsenal. as Arsenal are yep. with Sari coming in. Now, Sari's going to be a great manager. The, the football he played at Napoli last year was amazing. I think, again, it just depends on how quickly they hit the ground running. They didn't look that great against City in the um, Community Shield final yep. a couple of nights ago. But, you know, the signing of um, Jorginho should prove handy, although he... Did turn it over quite a bit. Hazard's a gun. They've got proven players there. But for me, I don't know if they've added enough to the squad. There's still time, but yep. I've got them picked at, at fifth. Fifth. There you go. Here you go. Well, um, I'll chime in then as well. Um, I agree with you. Uh, Jorginho is actually a very, very good signing. But at the same time, something you didn't mention is uh, the imminent potential departure of uh, Courtois. Uh, yeah, didn't rock up to training. Yeah, so he's trying to force out a move there as well. So huge. Uh, they, uh, they did sign the thirty-eight-year-old Rob Green. So well, they did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Which uh, again yeah. highlights why you picked them to come fifth, and I'm actually going to do the same. So, like you said as well, I think they're in a trans- transitional kind of period at this point in time. Sari will get it done, but he's going to need a little bit of time and a little bit of Abramovich's money. So they don't get much time at Chelsea, though. They don't. They don't <laughs> historically, as as Conte can attest to, uh, and uh, Ranieri and uh, many, many others who fell. Uh, Mourinho twice, your mate, my Prior mate. to him as well, yeah, exactly. Um, Nilo, what are your thoughts on Chelsea? Yeah, I mean... Man, I'm I'm sounding like an echo. I think it's because I'm going last here, but no, I think that I think that they will come fourth. Uh, I think that uh, I think Chelsea possibly haven't done enough off season again. Unfortunately, fallen like uh, Arsenal, and you know with big losses, as you said, Dan, and uh, also you know finishing fifth last year, it's hard to see them improving too much this year. So I'm going for fourth. There you go. 
Well, I'm definitely going to let you go first here, Nilo. Up next, we're going to have a look at Liverpool. Uh, currently $5 to win the Premier League Second this favorite. year. Second favourite. And fourteen to finish top four. Mm-hmm. So high, high up in the market. Mm-hmm. Give us your thoughts on the Reds, Nilo. Well... In the off-season, they've managed to spend, and I'm just looking at this figure now, £187 million. Pounds, As you do. Or euros, actually. Sorry, £187 million. Euros. By far and away, I think it's even by about €100 million, euros, more than any other club. You've got people coming in uh, like Alisson, got Shakiri, got Fabino, um, Nabikita. I've uh, got all sorts of people coming in, and it's going to be absolutely fantastic. And honestly, uh, look, I think... We'll finish second, and I say we because I'm a big Liverpool person, but I wouldn't be surprised if we won as well. And I mean, that'd be every person, every Liverpool person's dream, I think. And I don't think me and Mario would be at work for about a week, uh, respectively, um, if we did finally, finally crack the uh, crack the duck since 1991. Haven't even won one in the modern Premier League era, but no, I, d- I definitely think we'll be right up there and threatening. You know, the goalkeeper Allison got uh, Mohamed Salah, um, you know, up the front. So I mean, what more can you ask for with the bookends, Mario? And the squad, Nilo. The squad looks so strong now. Oh, know, it does, if, doesn't if, it? You know, if there's an injury or two or, or someone's a bit out of form or something, we've almost got a second team yeah. that you know, can really compete. So there's that. You know, you've got Champions League games, you've got FA Cup games, you've got a hectic um, yeah. Premier League season. You've got, I don't know, some Ryobi Coca-Cola Cup thing even that you've got to play and <laughs> no one really gives a shit about. But, you know, there's a lot of games and the squad yeah. depth for the first time, I, I think, in so long is actually there now I think further to what you said you know watching Allison against Napoli just made me feel comfortable I, I you know you just get the impression his ball distribution his ability to pass his mm-hmm. you know, mm. commanding shot stopping everything so you know that was that was fantastic and Naby Keita I think he's going to be the surprise packet of, of this season he's an absolute gun absolute gun in all facets of football in breaking up the play setting up the attacking play for Benio as well in that defensive midfield role. Shakiri could be playing the number 10 role permanently. Man, what a goal. Um, and he looks good. He looks strong. He looks decisive. The calves look... Oh, jeez, <laughs> they look good. Have you the ever seen a more like, built footballer? I no. tell you, he's just he's a ripped. Um, Can I ask you a question, Mario? Yeah, mate. Should your missus be a bit worried about you? <laughs> <laughs> not because of that. Not because of that. For anyone who follows Mario on Twitter... I'm a bit worried about the man love you have for old mate Jurgen Klopp. The amount of tweets I see pop up saying, I love this man, I love him, I want to boof him. No, he doesn't say that. But he's got a strong man love for Jurgen Klopp. Is it getting towards almost dangerous territory, that love you got for Jurgen? Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's not an obsession. But, it, it, you know, if, if, if we can win the league, it, it, yeah. It, it may be. It may be. He's <laughs> just everything the club's needed, you know. He's, Agree. He is Liverpool. Um, it's... A, it's Beautiful marriage to date, and let's hope it continues for much longer. But um, just to wrap it up quickly, and I could talk about Liverpool for many a season, uh, many uh, <laughs> episodes, but uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know if they can knock off City. I don't know. Yeah. Um, um, some there'd need to be something drastic happen at City, a falling out with Guardiola, massive injuries or something, because that team is devastating. But you never know. But it's a two-horse race, though. Really, I feel like I'm I'm picking Liverpool to finish second, second? this year. Yep. Uh, now I've been listening to clowns like you two saying. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's going to be our season now for the better part of two decades. And in that time, Blackburn Rovers have managed to bring a Premier League trophy to Anfield. Ooh, it. Uh, <laughs> this time around, though, you know what? I'm, I'm inclined to actually agree with you guys and your optimism. I'm, I'm going to actually tip that Liverpool's going to win the title this season. Are we? Uh, wow. They, I think Jurgen Klopp can has I, got it right. Can I just say something really quickly, mate? If we win the title this season, yep. everyone has it on Sports Week podcast. I will pay for you to come and celebrate <laughs> with me in Liverpool. Down at the local pub. Wow. Wow. Here we on, go. On record. Can me and Neil I come too? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boys. Family only, I think. Family only. All right. I will, he's I will. he's witnessed my shit. I, I've, had so to, I've had to put up with this, but like I said, for the better part of two decades. So it is on record. I'm going to take you up on that 100%. Uh, just to expand slightly, and uh, it's probably what's already been said. I think Jurgen Klopp has got it 100% correct in the transfer market. And I just feel something special about the atmosphere and uh, just the team dynam- dynamics that he's building uh, over at Anfield. Uh, so the additions, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Alisson, Keita and uh, Fabinho, as well as Shakiri as well, added to that attack that's already there in the depth. Mm. I think he can get it over the line. So I'm going to stick to my guns and uh, start planning for uh, next year over in Liverpool in the UK. Oof. Oh, wow. Eh? Mario's side of the desk is just rising a little bit there. But uh, <laughs> up next, boys, we're going to have a chat about the reigning champions, as Mario touched on, Manchester City. Currently $1.62, Nilo, to win the Premier League. So very, very short odds for them to win. $1.62 in a 20-horse race. That is unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and $1.06 to finish top four. So uh, not much return there if you're backing them to come top four. Unbelievable. Uh, Daniel, do you want to kick off here? It's a testament to the season that they had last uh, last season, and mm-hmm. uh, well, rightly so that they're a dollar six to finish top four and a uh, dollar sixty two to take it out. So, very very strong team, uh, in, in, immense in terms of going forward, but so solid at the back as well. Now, their key addition, I guess, uh, Riyad Mahrez from uh, Leicester will just slot in absolutely perfectly there. So Liverpool, uh, uh, after predicting that they will come first, are going to have their work cut out for them, don't get me wrong. But I just feel that uh, Man City, I think, are going to push them right till the very end. Uh, and I'm going to tip that they're going to come second, Maria. I actually think that the only reason that this is slightly open is because Chelsea signed Jorginho. True. Had he gone to Man City? As he was... As he was tipped to do, yeah, with Mares, with the with the team they've got now, yep. don't don't kick a ball in anger unless you're you know going for top four. But I think the acquisition of Mares, like you said, Daniel, is immense, and I think also they have such a settled squad now that has been they around do, yeah. for so long. Just adding one or two, tweaking it here and there, yeah, incredibly strong, incredibly strong. So there's not much more you can say. You know, a team that cracks a ton in a season, yeah, so. Deservedly, um, red hot favourites. They're scary good, aren't they? I tell you, they're very, very scary good. Saying that though, I'm going to cast your mind back to mm. earlier this year in the quarterfinal of the Champions League. We we did get Liverpool did get up five one, so it's not like they're invincible in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then looking at the previous meeting before that, Liverpool won. So I'm not. I still think Man City will win the league. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, I don't think it's impossible to see the Liverpool getting up. Is my opinion, but uh, I still think Man City. Everything you said, Mario. You know they're settled. They're just tweaking a little bit here and there, but they are a beast of a team and a very scary team. There you have it. 
Now, speaking of Manchester boys, we can't talk about Manchester without Ugh. without not touching on Manchester United. Uh, last season, second in the Premier League, currently $8.50 to win the Premier League. Gee whiz, that's some decent odds for a side that's been such a huge force for so many years, Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Uh, $1.30 to finish top four, but yeah, $8.50 to win the Premier League. Uh, Daniel, do you want to kick off here? A fifty, rightly so. To be honest with you, uh, as long as Mourinho is there, I don't think they're going to be winning the Premier League. Unfortunately, I reckon he's just about on the unfortunately. Cusp. Well, for them, uh, <laughs> it, it just seems like he's on the verge of a combustion. To be honest with you, and he's just going to lose it completely. And there's, there's going to be a mutiny at Manchester um, mutiny. once that does actually happen. As has been seen in the past, the players tend to turn on Mourinho. You could just imagine what it would be like, be like playing for that grouch. Uh, that being said, uh, they did end up second uh, last. Season, I, I'm, I'm fair actually, to say. Sorry to cut you off. Fair to say, Marino and Gil McLaughlin have having a good night on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely slam both of them. Definitely fair to say. Yeah, but look, a, a club of that stature should actually be way shorter odds to be uh, winning the title, and uh, just goes to show how wrong they've gotten it since Sir Alex Ferguson actually retired. Uh, that said, they still have the resources there and the money to spend, and their squad is. Above average, <laughs> you can safely say. I'm going to come out and say that Manchester United will finish third. Maria? I'm with you on every single one of those aspects. And I think, to be honest with you, the negative football that he plays and the way he sets up, he's always going to be competitive. It's never yeah. pretty football. It's never anything that's super entertaining to watch. And even United friends will admit that. You know, If you want a result, the prick's there. He's going to get it for you. Yeah. But I think with United... One thing that's been glaringly obvious this transfer window is that there doesn't seem to be a lot of players that actually want to play for him. Yeah. You know, I'm sure the players do want to play for the club because it's such a big club, but there's been a lot of remarks of his negative football and players mm. being locked and not being able to play the way they wanted to play in an attacking format. So mm-hmm. I reckon there might be a little bit of trouble for them to try and attract you know, players that might prefer to go to City or Chelsea or, or, or Liverpool or yeah. Arsenal. But, you know, in saying that, just in closing, I mean, if you've got David De Gea, you're always a chance. So, true. I'm picking them for fourth. Nice. Honestly, uh, I don't want to spend much time talking about <laughs> Manchester United. <laughs> I've got them as third and feel like you guys have uh, said all my thoughts absolutely perfectly. So, we may as well move straight on to the next one, eh? There you go. Now, the last of the, I guess you'd call it so-called big teams we're going to feature in our preview tonight is Tottenham, who obviously finished third last season, currently $17 to win the league and $1.72 to finish top four. Uh, Mario, we'll give you first crack at Tottenham. I like Tottenham. I think they haven't really signed anyone. In fact, they, they're the only team that hasn't made a transfer. Well, yep. okay. Nor have they wow. lost anyone, though. Nor have they lost. They're still in the process of trying to hold on to Alderweireld. Yep. Um, but it's kind of as you were for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, it's also as you were. I'm, I'm leaving them to stay third. They have Same it. as last season. Wow. Very nice. Uh, yeah, look, uh, their structure actually d- doesn't really need to be tinkered with all that much. I think they've got one of the best managers out there as well in uh, yep. Pochettino too. Yep. So uh, they've got uh, Harry Kane up there as well, who's just slotting him away. Uh, <laughs> Mario, I know, <laughs> saw by the look on your face exactly what your thoughts are on uh, <laughs> Harry Kane. But, but um, I must say, from fan, my yeah. perspective, best penalty taker I've ever seen. Like the way Harry he hits Kane. him. 
Fair Over enough. Unbelievable that I've seen. You've seen a lot more than me, no doubt. But Alan Shearer for <laughs> mine. But unbelievable Hurricanes penalties. He can put them away. Um, I, I'm going to come out and uh, tip that Tottenham's going to finish fourth, just behind Manchester United. Nilo. Yeah, I've got Tottenham at fifth. I think for a team, like I, I always am of the belief that teams are always getting better and better. You know, the, the longer it goes on, uh, the better a side gets. And I feel like it's very rare that a team gets worse. If they stay the same, I feel like the teams above them are going to actually pass them a little bit. So I've got them finishing at fifth. No top four. No, nah, no, nah, I've got them finishing at fifth. Fair, fair, fair enough. So basically you're saying if you don't make any moves to strengthen your roster. Yep. You're just treading water. That's exactly right. And I think that if everyone else is, um, you know, making all those moves and, you know, Liverpool are spending 190 million euros and they're spending zero dollars, you know, you, you can't get better without spending money. There you have it, boys. I think we've covered the main contenders for the Premier League this season. Do you want to have a bit of a chat, fellas, about who might be the other end of the table? Who could be looking at possibly uh, being on the out the door on the way out? Mario, I know you've got some strong views on this. No strong views. I've been I've been looking and doing a little bit of research, and the one, you know, I really do like Newcastle Football Club. Oh, he's going to As, as a former powerhouse and and a great traditional club, huge fan base, but they've got a fantastic manager in Rafa Benitez. You know, but good Liverpool man. Yeah, they're losing players. They're not. Yeah, it, it's just got that same kind of feel, unfortunately, about Newcastle, where they've come up, spent a year or two, and then potentially could go back down. I'm fearful for them. Yep. Um. I hope it doesn't happen because I think we need to have them in the competition as, I agree. as such a prestigious club. I agree. Club. If I can chime in as well, yeah. watching Tyneside go into meltdown is just not a great sight. No. Uh, they are a traditional club and, uh, well, historically well run as well. So uh, they Before actually, Ashley came in. Before Ashley came in, exactly, and pushed Manchester United during the glory years a fair few times too. So... Uh, their fall from grace hasn't been fun to watch, and I'm speaking as a Blackburn supporter as well. So make that <laughs> make of that what you will. I'm um, with you 100. percent But are you, are you coming out and saying that they're uh, in danger of getting relegated? I reckon they might be. I, 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 I'm fearful for Benitez's position in terms of if he gets a better offer from somewhere anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. I don't know how long he's going to be there, but the other teams that I don't see making much of an impact and could be in the you know bottom six are. Uh, Cardiff, Huddersfield, Southampton, Bournemouth, Watford. A team that I've noticed yep. has done some really good work in the transfer market. There's two, actually. One of them is Fulham. Yes. Um, being really proactive in signing some veteran class players to actually help them stay up and you know, maybe even make a slight impact into the bottom half of the six or seven, something like that. And the other team has made some really good signings is West Ham. Okay. West Ham have. West Ham have had a fantastic transfer market, bringing in a whole host of new players. So, they're my two kind of smoky teams to watch out for. Yep. Um, and, yeah, the aforementioned six teams, I think, are in trouble. Just on that as well, yeah, the three that I have tipped on being relegated, you actually mentioned in that six as well. So, I'm going to have to go that uh, Huddersfield will finish 18th. Moisey's uh, mob. Sorry, Moisey, and uh, <laughs> to your mob as well. Uh, Cardiff. Uh, I fear we'll go yeah. down uh, number 19, and I think Bournemouth are actually a shout for finishing dead last, personally. Uh, what are your thoughts, Nilo? I think, for me, I'm going for Cardiff to finish dead last, unfortunately. I think Huddersfield, unfortunately, and Watford as well. Very nice. There you have it, fellas. Um, anything else you boys want to cover off here? Golden Boot, we wanted to discuss. Uh, Salah, I'm guessing, fellas. <laughs> 
Well, I'm definitely going that way. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going Salah. I'm going to back Salah as well to win the Golden Boot in a Liverpool uh, title-winning season and Oof, uh, wow. a statue of Mo Salah to don't be built us, outside of Anfield. Don't get uh, us too excited. To top Gee, it all please. off. So, <laughs> should be a fascinating season. I'm actually really, really pumped for it to begin uh, come this weekend. There you have it, boys. Uh, very nice preview there of the EPL season. Uh, now, before we finish tonight, boys, anything else that's caught your eye in the sporting landscape this week we wanted to uh, bring up? Neil, you've got it, something? Keeping it on the football, uh, I do want to say a few things. Firstly, welcome Kazuki Honda. And mm, I've probably thank said, you. absolutely yes. butchered that. But uh, to Melbourne Victory, uh, I think that's a huge signing. And uh, it didn't quite dawn on me how big of a signing it was until I started talking to my non A League fans who also knew who the non A League friends who also knew who, who he was. So yep. welcome uh, Kazuki Honda. Again, probably my apologies on his name pronunciation. Um, the other thing as well. Optus getting the rights to the Champions League and oh, man, Europa yeah. League. Man, they do have a monopoly now, don't they? I tell you. Yep. Uh, absolutely dominating. So uh, that could, uh, well, could have potentially have been my sinner, to be honest with you. Yeah. So look, our hands are tied now. We're all going to have to sign up with Optus Sports, unfortunately, uh, and watch a uh, lagging telecast of uh, our, <laughs> our favourite league's life. What a disgrace. I, I, I didn't actually know that. <laughs> Now I'm going to have to watch shit coverage <laughs> of fucking just every league that I love night. in the world. Yeah. Honestly. How yeah. can this, how is this allowed to happen? Isn't there an oddbudsman of freaking TV or something like that that can <laughs> You'd think do so, something? <laughs> Sorry, that's just. Do you want to know, do you want to know what they've got? They've got the Premier League. Uh, till 2022. They've got the Women's World Cup 2019. They've got the other FIFA events, sorry, UEFA Nations League 2018 and 2020, UEFA Euro 2020. So they've oh, got the Euros. Oh, no. That'll end up with SBS. <laughs> so don't worry. They won't be able to handle that. <laughs> they've got the Super Cup, UEFA Super Cup 2018 to 2020, Champions League, uh, uh, Europa League, we've already touched on it, 2021, uh, European qualifiers for the 2020. World Cup oh. and uh, selected international friendlies played by in Europe by UEFA teams. So awesome. basically a monopoly on, on all, all things football. Um, so uh, unfortunately, but look, uh, you know, it, luckily they allow it to non optus customers. That's all I can say. Sticking on the ramble, is there any update on Daniel Arzani? Just off the cuff, I was interested in knowing that. Celtic. Yeah, I heard he's going over there. I heard, he's going yes, to Celtic. Yep, I heard that as well. Yep. Tommy Rogic had a big part of heard uh, in, in convincing him to go to my Scottish team in Celtic. Yeah. Surely it's just a huge, like, I know Daniel and Mario, you're huge, huge A-League fans. It's a massive loss for the A-League. They can't even hold on to an 18, 19-year-old for another year or two. Mm, yeah. It's- like, seriously, to promote the league, like, to have even just another year even just to build his you know his talent it's just I mean, it seems a huge loss for the league it's hard it's hard to resist the lure of um, money Brendan, Brendan Rogers. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's true Rogers. Oh, <laughs> no no just joking I mean money <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Celtics Celtics are great <laughs> Celtics are a great club in terms of developing um, players and stuff so I mean it is a little bit of an indictment on our league and sadly it's going to be like this for Quite some time, but let's um, appreciate what Daniel Lanzani can offer. Yeah, he's going to be a great and, player. And be a great player for Australia in many years to come. We've just got to churn out the next young ones. Well, and you know what? Just on this as do. well, since we're uh, on the A-League uh, breaking 29 <laughs> minutes <laughs> ago, uh, Usain Bolt set to join Central no. Coast Mariners for trial to join A-League club. So the trial's definitely going ahead. Oh. Uh, he's touched down uh, in the Central Coast and, uh, well, yeah. 
Good Lord. Go back about three weeks in our podcast and you can hear a heated debate on Usain Bolt. Yep. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that's about it, boys. Anything else tonight that you wanted to uh, bring up? One other thing as well. Sorry. I know Nilo's always got something. I know. He's always <laughs> got something. <laughs> one, other thing. No, one other thing I was going to say is uh, Genghis last week had it as his winner and uh, it's the Matildas. They ended up only losing that tournament by goal difference, okay. by one goal difference. They did end up beating Japan and... The USA were 1-0 down to Brazil, and they ended up winning 4-1, which gave them just the goal difference to get up over the line. So, good unlucky. effort, Matildas. Unlucky. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, very unlucky. True. Other bit of news, Neil. Chautauqua again today didn't jump. Again. You're kidding. <laughs> again. I think that's about the fourth time possibly now. So, I think that might be curtains for the great flash, yeah. unfortunately. You but would think so. Been a great career. Uh now, I think we are just about finally done now, boys. Unless Nilo's anyway. sleeves got anything more he can dig out. Uh, I've got one thing, actually. Just another bit of late We've breaking. We've been wrapping up for about 15 minutes, <laughs> I reckon. One other little bit of late breaking news. that uh, Just to let our listeners know that uh, I'm actually going to be heading off on holidays for a couple of weeks. So I'm, hand, I'm handing over the keys to run the bus to old mate Daniel for the next couple of weeks. Oh, no. Oh, oh, so Daniel's oh. in the hot seat. So we're looking forward to see how he goes in the big chair. Uh, looking forward to that, Daniel. Not really, mate. Uh, <laughs> appreciate kicking back and zoning out from time to time. Uh, I think I've got my work cut out for me, but we'll see how we go. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting a bit of sun, hopefully, a uh, bit of a trip away with the missus. So, should be a bit of fun. And uh, But I'd guarantee I'll still be listening to you blokes. I'll be kicking back with a bintang listening to the show. So... Giving a hint where you're going, I think, there. Yeah, we'll make sure it's a good show now so I can uh, (laughs) enjoy it next week. But uh, thanks again for coming on tonight, Mario. Really appreciate it. Thank Uh, you. Boys, Nilo, Daniel, very good again tonight. And uh, just one last thing as well. A lot of last things we keep uh, (laughs) coming back to. But just again, just remember, we always like to remind our listeners of this, that we are now available on Facebook to listen to the episode uh, on Facebook just by pressing the play button. Yeah. Uh, No links, no subscriptions required. But... uh, Once again, it's been a big show. Thanks for listening. And next time you hear this podcast, you'll be hearing the dulcet tones of the Richard Mercer of the sports podcast (laughs) world. Daniel, next week. I'll put everyone to sleep gladly. Cheers, guys. Have a good week. (laughs) 